But the worst case scenario, if we did end up failing, we're going to learn and be in a much better spot by taking a chance than playing it more safe. So one thing you've noticed about each of the guests that we've had on Build a Broker is we've got some risk takers. Well, this week is no different. You're going to hear how this career retail mortgage banker in the early months of the pandemic decided to pack up his family and move to Scottsdale, Arizona to open up a mortgage brokerage shop. So in this episode, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about the best ways to work with mentors. We're going to talk about how to create that perfect borrower experiencing by leveraging your tech stack. And while I'm not a big basketball fan, I love Jason's basketball tips that he shares here. Rocket Pro TPO has the tools brokers need to compete, even in an ever-changing market. Elevate your game with world-class training called Pro Performance. It's elite coaching that only Rocket Pro TPO can offer. Partners walk away with the skills to confidently present to clients, explain market conditions, and win more business. Learn more at rocketprotpo.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, and MLS number 3030. I'm your host, Andrew Berman, and on this episode of Build a Broker, we're going to hear Jason Quigley, CEO of Good Day Financial's journey from pondering the idea of opening up a mortgage brokerage with his eventual business partner to filling up the pipeline with old school prospecting skills. All right, so Jason, before we actually get started, because I want to know why you became a mortgage broker, what do you like about the mortgage broker model, but what was going through your head We're going through COVID and you're sitting in Michigan and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to start up a mortgage brokerage and move my family to Arizona? So that is a good question. Um, my, my business partner had a lot to do with it. Um, coming into the year, before COVID happened, he he was like, I'm, I'm opening my, my own shop. He's like, we should do it together. I was, I mean, it, it, was, it was scary to me for sure. He was definitely more gung-ho. I was more hesitant. Uh, I was working at a different company at that time. That company was, their, their concept or thought was that I would open up like a branch, you know, in Arizona. Because I had intentions to move back to Arizona. Um, at some point, but you know, their intention was for me to open up a, a branch and, and I, these guys are smart people. They're talented people. So that seemed, in, it seemed like a good, a good opportunity. Um, and, and I, I loved those guys that I was working with before. Um, so he, he planted the seed and, and COVID actually helped it because, you know, both, both of us had worked in a retail model prior, my business partner and I, and we both had left that world. We both had started working in the broker side of the world for other people's companies. And, um, you know, like we, we were learning, like we were still like in the learning process and, and, you know, we we're clearly seeing advantages to like what we were doing. And so when COVID hit, like we were, we were thinking like June, July, like we would make the moves out of our company and start putting this together. That's still very scared to do this at, <laughs> regardless, but COVID hit, things started to get really squirrely. We were both doing really good in our businesses, but then you started seeing things happen. Like appraisals couldn't be completed. Titles couldn't be completed. And it just seemed like it was going to be really rocky for a second to actually perform and, 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 you know, make, make things happen really because of COVID. So we're like, Hey, this is the best time in a way to start doing the work to, to formulate this. So we, you know, we started behind the scenes doing some research, like while we were working at our existing companies and within a 
I'd say a pretty short duration of time. We went to our companies and told them like what our intentions were, what we were thinking, what we were doing. Uh, both the companies we work for, the owners were very cordial. They let us continue to like close out our pipelines and, you know, and, and let us finish up our business while we made that transition. So that's basic gist of how some of that went down. <laughs> so, and I'm, and I'm curious, like, how does that conversation go? Cause listen, there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this. They're, they're going to be thinking about, Hey, listen, um, I want to become a broker. How do you have that conversation with, with the owners of these mortgage companies? Uh, you you have to be straightforward and direct. Um, and I mean, I, I think if you're making decisions like this, if you're going to do something like this, there is a lot of thinking, talking about looking and weighing options before making a move. This is a pretty large move. Um, just even, even with my business partner, I, I feel like there was probably, I want to say we were talking very consistently good month or so kind of vetting each other. Like really, I mean, like you're like, if you have a business partner and, and this is from talking to like other people, cause this is the first time I ever ran a business. So I talked to a lot of other people that have ran businesses and, and had partners and you know, the, the good and bad to having a partner. And one of the things they said is like, you have a partner, you're, you're getting married to that person. So I wanted to make sure everything was good. Like, character like and, and i knew him we got along well so it's just really kind of going a little bit further than what natural like friend conversation is understanding each other's finances and whatnot so there, there's a lot that went into like deciding that and then there's a lot to like when do we make this move is this the right time and, and what are the benefits because it was for me weighing do we try to open up a branch with these guys and be able to collaborate with some really intelligent human beings and, you know, what it, when we were thinking about it, the, the only, you know, one of the negatives to that is that it's not our business. So as much as I trust other people, I mean, if something happens in their lives and they decide they need to do something different, if it's their company, I'm at their mercy. Whereas if it's our company, like we, we get to call the shots and like we get the, you know, the, the benefits and we, we get the good and the bad, like, and it's all on us. And I think just having like the, the ownership with yeah, of it and being able to control it ourselves was the main factor behind it. Um, and I think, you know, the, another big factor to it was, I mean, like what offset the fear and concern was then just being like, we're, we're going to learn no matter what, if we do this and we put everything we have into it, yes, the end result is to be successful and earn a good living and to be able to you know, provide good livings for the people we bring in and, and do cool things that you can do as a business owner. But the worst case scenario, if we did end up failing, we're going to learn and be in a much better spot by taking a chance than playing it more safe. And I feel doing the business was uh, more of a chance. And I think that was some of the motivations and all the thought process is communicated to the prior people. And the good news is a good relationship there. There's mutual respect. And like, it's completely understood. I think, you know, even myself, like if we, we lose people and I'm sure this, I actually got this from the people I left with. Their main concern is just don't mess with our people and don't mess with their clients, which there is never any intention of that. So as long as like, you're not messing with their business. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I still consult with those guys. Like we're, we're still really good friends. Like we help each other out. And I think that's, you know, that that's one of the things I've found like in this world, in, in the broker world is that for the most part, everybody I come across is very willing to help and share. It's a good community. 
I agree, I agree 100%. So, so, so when you left there, you know, you had a, you've over the years, you've built up a database of, of uh, borrowers that, that you've helped. You pretty much wipe your hand clean of those, of those clients. And unless they're reaching out to you, you're there. It's kind of like, I uh, don't, can't, can't contact. So, Honestly, I didn't have a huge database. Um, a lot of my career was in a leadership role prior, um, leading either you know individual LOs or leading you know uh, sales leaders of LOs in entire regions. So that was not something that was in the cards for me. But something that did happen in the broker world that really helped give confidence is I learned how to self-gen better. Um, I learned how to you know network through different communities. I play a lot of basketball. So from playing basketball, a lot of the guys I played basketball with, I was able to help out. And then, you know, working and explaining the benefits of like how I could really truly help them in the broker model compared to maybe some of the things they see in a retail model. And so that, that lined me up. That's how, that's kind of like how we started things when the business started. I had a really good referral network base that I was able to generate, you know, decent amount of transactions to start generate some revenue for the company and then gradually start to reinvest the money from that into other lead source opportunities. But we started to just straight hustle self gen to begin with before we even bought marketing. Interesting. So, so you're, you're just out there on the street to hit in the pavement. Uh, so uh, well, like what, what do you remember your first loan? Like, so you, so here you, 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 you got uh, started in July, 2020. So good day financial. You're, you're in the middle of a pandemic. It's, it's difficult to prospect actually as you normally would when you're opening up a business. So many of these people are just basically, you know, they're, they're either buying, uh, either buying leads or just working off their past databases. You don't have, you know, uh, the, the opportunity to work off your past database so what are you what are you doing to prospect to self-gen in in july of 2020 in covid like you know the the worst of the worst i i will tell you this i don't think i'm the most intelligent person but i think one of my my biggest strengths is just relationships with people um i i feel i've always I don't want to say always, but generally speaking, I've been very good to people. Um, I try to be very understanding of people. Like, and, and this is like coming from leadership positions. And I think from leading lots of people, working with lots of people, treating people very well, treating people with respect, um, being patient, trying to be understanding, not being like uh, overly emotional, which I am an emotional person, but trying to keep that in check and just try to be understanding. You build a lot of good relationships. So relationship building is a strength. Uh, I do remember the first loan. First loan was uh, HR manager from a, new, a prior company, uh, somebody I stayed in good contact with. Wow, he was one of the guys, you know. And it was, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's fun, it's cool. Like I genuinely helped the guy out. Uh, I call him, puts it on uh, Facetime instead. See him, see him at home, working from home in the middle of COVID. Like what the conditions are. Um, but that that was the basic gist. Is just. If I feel like if you treat people well, you then and you want you need help. Like you know, so I'm starting a business. We need help. Like let me take a look and see if I can help you. Um, it's it's not complicated. Um, but the the prior the prior brokers I worked at those guys, I was nervous. I had never prior before worked like uh like friends or family anything like that. And so I you know fear of the unknown. I just didn't do it. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, just simply call them and ask them like what they have. I remember one day I went home on a Friday. I called four of my friends, asked them what they had. All four of them, 
I could significantly put them in a better spot. And so I don't know, it just gave me courage, confidence to continue using that same concept. I'd play basketball in between games, talk to people. Hey, do you own a home? Yeah. You have a mortgage? Yeah. Like, what, what do you have? What's going on with that? Cool. I'm going to send you a text message. Shoot me your mortgage statement. They shoot me the mortgage statement. As soon as I was there, it was done. Like, one, they're getting a significantly better opportunity for themselves and we're generating business. Wow. So, so those are, those are all cases where you had a relationship first and then you said, Hey, listen, um, this is what I do. Let me do this for you. Ah, oh, it's great. Pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. So, so tell me actually, um, why the mortgage broker model? Like, what do you like about the mortgage broker model? I, I, I think, I mean, it's like wholesale pricing is definitely nice. Like having like very being able to provide people like some of the best pricing on a loan to me, it, I, I, I do not love sales. I, I've never really loved selling and it doesn't feel like it's selling when you have the best product. Um, I've worked in different opportunities where did not realize, but we did not have the best product and knowing that the product, like from a price standpoint and then also, I mean, so price is important, but I, I know service. Like, I mean, that's just going to be delivered. Like we're going to be on top of stuff. Um, you have to be, it's, you know, the, the niche and where we fit in, I believe is one having like good price, but you absolutely have to have good service. Like our, you, you gradually build reputation over time from the transactions you do. People go out there and start to leave reviews because at first you don't have much and you like to run a successful business. You it's like, it's non-negotiable. You have to take care of people. They have to get great service. Because if not, I mean, the competition for a small business with some of these big people that we have out there, I, I, you have to be very, very good at this to, to succeed. So I think there's some intrinsic motivation just based on the model to do good, but then also having a very solid product to offer. You know, I think, I think it's funny, actually, that, that the, the guy who, when he first got into the business, you know, is, uh, let me, what, I didn't want to check my notes here. Uh, uh, won the award for top revenue producing first year mortgage banker is not good at sales. But, so I, I don't. So how does that happen? Because you know, before then, actually, you know, you you were working in hospitality. You know, so so you didn't have actually sales experience at least at least from what NMLS says. So so how does actually you know tell us you know how did you have that that success you know that that first year? So I. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it back even a step from that. So I, I I went to a school. I went to Central Michigan. I transferred there. My intention was to study meteorology. And I started taking meteorology, which is extremely difficult. It's a physics-based... like It's hard. So I took the first class. And I'm, like school is something I've always been good at. I got an A in it. I was one of two people that got an A in the class. The professor is the head of the, head of the meteorology program. And he's like, hey, you know, great work. He's like, just want to let you know, you have a 50% chance of getting a job with a bachelor's degree in meteorology. But if you study this new technology, GIS, geographic information systems, 100%. Naive kid. I'm like, I, you know, the whole point, like I was paying, I still have my student loans. Like I still have some money that I owe. I paid for my own college. And um, I'm thinking if I'm making an investment into myself, I want to, you know, the idea is to be able to earn money and get a job. So I switched over this GIS, which is like remote sensing, spatial data, making maps, very boring stuff. So I get a degree in that. I go out and I'm looking for jobs and there's like nothing, especially like at that time uh, where I lived in Metro Detroit, 
wasn't like a huge like information technology place. And this was like a new piece of information technology. So I'm sure in other cities I could have done something, but whatever, couldn't find a job. So then I started working at a restaurant uh, after going to school with my bachelor's degree, which was awesome. I mean, it was an awesome learning experience just of how to interact with people like waiting tables and interacting with people, just extremely, extremely good. So through that, somebody, uh, somebody came in and they, they worked at the company at Quicken Loans where I ended up going and they were telling me about the opportunity there. And I was like, to me at that point, this is, this is where my head was. If, um, if the, best combination of food I created at the restaurant was worth like 35, 40 bucks. <laughs> and that was a self-created combination that we came up with just to increase our sales and houses are like two, three, 400,000. It seemed like you'd make more money messing with something that's two, three or 400,000. It was really that simple for me at that point. Um, which is what I communicated in my interview. And the recruiter's like, well, you better uh, think about this a little more detail when you come back to the next interviews. <laughs> and, um, I went to the interviewing process. They didn't hire me initially, uh, which was probably one of the best things that could possibly happened. Luckily, I had a cousin that was inside the company. She helped give me a second chance opportunity. Got hired, and I remember, like, I, I remember when I started. They uh, they would ha- they would show like you know top people's commission checks, and I come from pretty humble you know, beginnings, family wise. And the amount of money that's on these checks was like, oh my god! I'm like, this is just people talking to people. I'm going to figure this out. So, and I mean, I think the way I figured most things out in life and they, they told us this is like, just talk to people. So I would go study and talk to the top people, which was hard to do. The top people were busy. They probably didn't want to talk and I would just stay persistent, try to and make sure I had good questions I asked and just learn. Question asking is a definitely a good skill I have. And I think from good questions, you can learn. And um, that, that's, that's how I figured it out that first year for sure. So, uh, so... so- I'm I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but but I'm just I, I don't want to get away from this because so so you um, found people to mentor you. Uh, you saw the size of their checks, and and you go to them and say, "Hey, I'm an unemployed meteorologist working uh, working in in the restaurant space. Can you you know provide me some guidance?" So so talk to us because I, I think actually you know and I, I, by the way like top people in the industry have done this. I've actually, you know, found mentors to kind of help them. So talk to us about how you approach them, you know, to kind of give you some kind of, some kind of guidance uh, to help you have that, you know, just meteoric uh, first year. I mean, I'd be lying if I told you exactly what I did back then, but I know I've, I've honed that skill since then for sure. But I, I think the basic gist is you go out, you do it, you, you, you know, you, you get crushed a little bit, like you, you start to find areas where you're, you're getting a lot of resistance and it's hurting and you're, you're not doing well. And then you go to people that are being very successful and you say, Hey, and at this part of the, the conversation, I am just getting, I'm, I'm getting crushed. Like it's not going well. Here's what I've been doing. What are some things that you do? And then you hear, and you, you can't do this with one person. Um, I think you got to do it with a lot of people. And you'll pick up little tidbits from, you know, from all these different people, because it's not all going to resonate with you. Um, we're, we're all unique. <laughs> people are unique for sure. So if, if I'm one way and I try to completely mirror another human being that's completely a different way, that won't work. But if I can pick up little tidbits here and there and I make slight tweaks, and that's what it always, generally speaking, it's, it's always slight tweaks. It's not like you need to reinvent the wheel. You're just slightly off. And I, I think that process of asking good specific questions, because if you go to somebody who's busy 
and you're like, hey, how, how, how can I be good? <laughs> or like a really general, vague question. I mean, that, that's a very, it's a tough question to answer. But if you ask a very specific question about a particular part of their business and exactly what they do. And then another thing, which I probably picked up over time, is you circle back to that person after you applied what they shared with you and you tell them the results that you got. I mean, people, it, it, it's like, I think it's a natural human characteristic that you want to continue to help that person because you see what you did actually made an impact on them. And there's, I don't know, there's some good mojo there. I think that carries forward. Wow, that's so powerful right there. That is, that is truly amazing. I mean, that's uh, to give actually the specific, um, looking for the specific feedback on something there, something that you're having problems with and then go back to that mentor, you know, with the feedback saying, Hey, I did what you said and it worked great. Or, you know, please help me th- this. That is a great thing. Cause now you're showing that mentor. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm listening. I respect everything you're saying. You're not wasting your time. And the most successful people in this world are givers. They, they love helping people, love giving to others. They just like to give to other people, you know, that are going to use that information and do something with it. So that, that's, that's truly just amazing. So, um, now I, I want to just ask you, like, you know, just kind of, let's talk about good day. Like, you know, was there anything behind actually the brand good day, you know, into creating this, the, uh, you know, your, your good day brand? My my wife has been she she has not opened a business but she got uh, licensed to be a yoga instructor and it, she had like a good people thing she kind of I think she was one of the main people that helped come up with the name it was sitting on a couch at a night just hanging out chilling talking type of thing and just you know trying to figure out the name and for whatever reason the name resonated it's it, you know it, it Ice Cube weird, weird. I'm I'm a big rap fan. One of my favorite rap songs, uh, "Good Day." <laughs> so there, there's there's a couple of common themes there, but I, it's I don't know. I, I really do like the name. Um, I'm not sure how important it is to, to our success, but I, I do like the name. Uh, we've culture has always been an important thing. I, I think it kind of bleeds into the culture that we we try to establish within the company. Um, we you know we have an acronym off of like just the, the letters of "Good Day." which are principles that we try to drive home. And, you know, every time we have a monthly meeting, we, we just cycle through, we go, you know, G O O D just, we, we cycle through a letter, talk about one of them, talk about stories. I've, I've given uh, book recommendations off of each one of the concepts to the team um, to help them try to better themselves. But it was a, it was a sitting on the couch thing, maybe stealing a little bit of my wife's idea and uh, that she would eventually use. I think she was thinking about like good people, some, something with good vibes, I guess. Like, so something positive and you know, the hope is, you know, through a conversation and stuff that we do, we can make it better for people. It is a really important thing for us um, that this is not a stressful transaction. People, generally speaking, do not look forward to this. And we really, really pride ourselves on eliminating any stress from this. There's enough other things that people have in their life to worry and stress about. This transaction for sure should not be one. If we are, if we do what we're supposed to do, if we give very sound advice, if we foreshadow the process extremely well, if we're very thorough in regards to the documents we request up front, it really should be, I mean, we, we shouldn't need to bother or really communicate a ton with that client throughout the process. We should just be doing the work for them. It's, and people don't really realize that. I mean, it's even working with like family members who probably, you know, should have refinanced way, way sooner. Um, 
part of it is they, they think that they have to do the payoffs and do all this work. And like, literally they don't have to do anything except just get us a few documents up front, you know, sign a few documents at the beginning, sign a few documents at the end. It really should be that simple and easy. And they, and, and communication is an interesting thing. Like how much or how little communication you give, I mean, is going to be dependent on a client, but it, it should be the proper amount of communication where they feel very comfortable and sound of the decision they're making. You don't want them stressed or worried about if they're making a good or bad decision. So um, that, that's, that's a piece of how it ties it all together. So, so how much of, of making this like perfect process did you learn from your, your time at rocket? Cause you spent 10 years at, at rocket from, you know, from coming out of the gates, you know, just kicking butt as an originator into management roles. But, uh, you know, is, is there some of your process that you picked up from your time at rocket? Yes. And no, the yes is the, the, just, I would say obsession or just just the quality of of service that is is just required. It's like the ante to play. I mean, there's there's like the the 24 hour communication policy that that Quicken has is such a simple concept. And what that concept is, if you receive a, a voicemail, email, um, any type of communication, you have 24 business hours to respond to that. There are so many businesses that absolutely fail at that. And I mean, it's just like a non-negotiable. I mean, we don't use the same cultural isms that Quicken has, um, but there's they definitely bleed into like what we do, and uh, that's like almost unspoken. Like, if I ever get any type of like issues or complaints on communication or service, those are handled very, very directly, cleanly, and there's not a lot of questions that need to be asked. It's it's a very simple conversation. so just the the taking care of the client aspect of the process is extremely big. I'd say the no part is like it's it's a little bit segmented. Like the roles that I had were very much sales related. They weren't a lot about the operations and back end. So stepping into the broker world is where I I, I learned a lot. And um my in my role within our organization is more like just front end marketing, driving sales. My business partner handles a lot of the back end processing and and things that quite frankly, I don't want to handle. And I'm sure it's vice versa for him. Like I handle the stuff that he doesn't. So it's a good relationship there. Well, that's great. Well, so, um, and, and I do want to ask you a little bit more about the partnership because it's very difficult to find people that you could work with um, and that don't want to kill them. And then, you know, then, then actually to have a successful company and setting up, uh, you know, that's magical. But, but I, I want to stay on this because I, I got a lot of curiosity about, you know, some of your things that you would have learned from, from uh, your time at, at Quicken. Cause so Quicken is just, they are legendary for having just unbelievable retention. Uh, mortgage brokers are, legendary for not having good retention you know they're 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 focused on initial transactions and they're not great at keeping that relationship um are there things actually that you think you could do as a mortgage broker or any mortgage broker listening to this can do in their business to have a quick and like or in modern terms a rocket like you know retention uh, policy for for the clients that we're working with, just to yeah, for, for yeah, to, so keeping borrowers, making sure actually that that all future business gets gets done actually, you know, through good day or whatever mortgage company that that our listeners are uh, have. I think we can do better here, but I, I think the things that we are doing to execute tie into some of the things we talked about. Just like the the, I mean, the experience we can create throughout the transaction is important, and I think then explaining like how we're positioned in this market. Um, we, we like to leverage the fact that we're a small business um, that, you know, you're, you're supporting a, a smaller company 
And in my opinion, the, the funds are better, better allocated within this type of model. Um, not that we probably divulge it on this, but the, the bankers make more money. Uh, the client gets a better deal. And like, we are very, um, very intentional about giving back in the community. That's been something from the, from the very beginning has been extremely important to us. Every quarter we do a community giving back, uh, concept. Uh, we just got done this week. We, we, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, charity out here called feed my starving children. We go and donate our time, uh, you know, packing food for kids that, that don't have food. Um, I, I bring my daughter, you know, people bring their families to this, like on top of just, just the team. Um, we also have another thing, and this is really important. Like a portion of every loan we do right now is going into a fund and we're going to be going into Paul in April of next year to install solar in a community that doesn't have solar. It'll allow them to have clean water. Um, so th- like that's an extremely important aspect, um, of what we do. So I, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's explaining how we are positioned how we don't have a billion dollar marketing marketing budget. And that's like our competition. They have huge marketing budgets. We really depend on our clients. If they believe we've done an amazing job for them to introduce us to other people they love and care about. Uh, we also lean on them to go leave reviews so that it helps us help more people. Uh, we, we have technology in place. We have HomeBot that sends out uh, monthly letters that gives information so we can you know try to keep people engaged that way. Uh, we occasionally will use software like MailChimp to, to just send out, like to keep people in the loop, like that, you know, we're, we're moving more into a purchase type thing. So if they need help with purchase, we can help them with purchase. Um, so th- those are some of the things we're doing, but I still think we could do a little bit better job there. Um, and I, I think this market is helping us think about these things because if you go back, you know, 12 months from where we were in 12, nine, nine to 12 months when things are really cracking, like we didn't have a lot of bandwidth to really think about this. We were just generating a lot of business. So now that we have a little more space and we're a little more challenged, I think we're making moves that will make our business uh, more solid going forward, quite frankly. Wow. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about other things in your tech stack uh, that are good for uh, client retention? And yeah, you know, let's, let's expand actually take us in addition to client retention. Um, let's take us through the, you know, from, uh, from lead uh, you know, to close loan and then to retention uh, for your tech stack. Got it. This is ever changing because our business model like, has changed significantly um, through this market change. We we were we were almost exclusively direct mail um, up until I'd say February March, where we really started to when rates started to move. And our direct mail was was advertising the interest rates we could offer. And as those interest rates became less attractive, the response and the return on investment on that marketing channel was, was not beneficial for us. We have since transitioned uh, significantly or primarily into credit triggers. Um, so it's completely different, like how it was being done in, in that system. But our, our CRM we use is Salesforce. Um, when we started, I was... One of the first person we hired, our, our VP of operations, um, an absolute blessing. Um, very, very fortunate that we went down this way because we had no idea what we we're doing. Uh, I just saw that COVID had put her out of a job. I had worked with her prior and I knew she was high character. And it, I mean, it's worked out a million times better than I had ever imagined with that. And she had built out Salesforce at a prior company. 
and she was big on it and I did not like it at first. Um, but I absolutely love it. Uh, Salesforce is a beast. It's, it's completely customizable. Um, and I mean, that, that is, I think that's the best piece of technology we have right now. Uh, the data metrics I get for that from being a small business are, are incredible. Um, the ability to sort through our data through that and be able to create campaigns if, if to, to market to. I mean, it's, it's just really, really good piece of technology and very customizable. And it's just a good concept. They have a lot of uh, apps and vendors on that where it's like a symbiotic that, you know, Salesforce helps them. They help Salesforce. And I just think it's a, it's a really cool product. And I'm, I'm very grateful we went that route versus something that's less controllable. I mean, Salesforce is great when you when you have a, a Salesforce ninja, you know, on yeah. on staff. Uh, VP is a ninja. She's a ninja. <laughs> that's awesome. So now, what what uh, you know? How did you get Salesforce to talk to our industry systems? You know, I'm I'm assuming you're still actually running an LOS. You know, for you know for pulling credit. Uh, you know, what what do you what what do you do to get Salesforce to talk to our industry systems? Zapier has been that, that that's our main thing that connects Salesforce to a lot of different things. Mainly for us, we use LendingPad as our as our LOS. So you know, we 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 built integrations with Zapier that send information from Salesforce and LendingPad, and then once loans are in process, statuses in LendingPad will update back to Salesforce, which is what really drives like the the, the good metrics for us. Um, we've integrated with a company called Cloud Maven to be able to pull credit within Salesforce. We don't have to. Uh, we can do make it more on the phone call type of consulting with with the credit report, and that's been a good win for the team. They've definitely enjoyed that versus having to transfer it over to LendingPad and go through that process. It's a, it's a much quicker uh, ability to be able to do that. Thank you. Very cool. So, um, how do you pick lenders to work with? You know, I mean, obviously, uh, Quicken, you've had experience working with them, so yes. <laughs> I'm sure that that helped. But uh, you know, you're I'm, for sure. I know you're doing business with more than just you know uh, Rocket because you have the freedom as a broker to do business with virtually every other company. Pretty much all word of mouth, um, just from networking and, and having conversations, and then people tell me there's niches at you know ABC place. You know, we try them out. Um, it really that that's it. I mean, it's just if there's a, if we see a particular niche with a, another lender that we can leverage, then it's like worth the while for us to go through the process. Very cool. So when when you were planning this out, did you have an idea of where you wanted to see your revenue for uh, for your first year, second year, uh, up to five years? I mean, was that something you guys were planning? No, not at all. <laughs> Not, not a strength. I'm like, I don't, you know, whether this is right or wrong, like goal setting for me has never been a strength of mine. Um, I'm competitive. Um, I I don't like to lose that. That's, that's been a strength. Um, I would say my mentality more is I trust in people. I've, I've built a good team. I lean on the team. We solve things together. Um, you know, I, I think part of, I think a main part of our role running the company is, is to be forward thinking, but I don't have it figured out. I don't have the answers. I, I don't know everything. So I, you know, I, 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 I talk to a lot of people and like the same way I said, I started off, you know, as a banker is the same way I operate as a business owner. You know, I, I ask people for recommendations of other companies, you know, there are other brokers that they, you know, that they believe run similar business models. 
And like, I have a good, especially this last six months, like when it's gotten difficult, really built a good group of people that trust that we share openly. Um, and, and that has been immensely helpful. That's great. So getting, getting, uh, getting ready to, to accept your first loans and getting the business up and running, uh, were there things actually that, that happened that were unexpected, whether it's, you know, physically setting up the office or from like a regulatory compliance thing and anything actually, you know, like a warning to anyone who's out there saying, I think I want to become a mortgage broker. <clears throat> it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it, it's, I mean, it, it, again, it's going to come back kind of similar things. My business partner and I, like just, we, we started working in the world. So we, we learned like some ins and outs just from the companies that we saw. Like we had good relationships with the owners of those companies. So we leveraged their information. There's a few other people we knew, like, you know, that were close friends that had been doing this. So we leaned on them just to like understand like the different pieces, like, you know, the licensing is one of the first steps. Um, you know, getting, getting your, getting your company name, which my business partner already had one cause he was thinking about doing it prior. So we were able to use that and just do a DBA to switch the name over. So we already had like the, the legal aspects done. Um, there are some legal aspects. When you do a, when you do a partnership, like we have, um, uh, like there's, uh, there's agreements, you know, if something were to happen, like, uh, he gets, you know, there's some life altering things that happen and one of us needs to leave the business that's already there. That's already there. I think they're called buy sell agreements, I'm not an attorney, but I'm pretty sure we have those lined up. So if anything were to happen, um, our first office, we were really lucky. I think COVID helped for sure. We were able to find a nice sublease that was already built out for us. Um, which I think was a really smart way to go. Like if you can find a sublease on space that doesn't, you know, you don't have to like go and furnish and spend a bunch of money up front. That was extremely helpful. It wasn't the most shiny place, but I mean, I love that spot. It did, did it for us. We, we grew until we were at capacity in that first year in that, in that building. Um, it is expensive if you go the other route for sure. Like we, we moved into this new office space uh, about a year ago and it, we were hoping <laughs> there's a company moving out. We were hoping that they would leave a bunch of the furniture and they did not. <laughs> so we had to furnish it and, that that is definitely expensive. Like, and it wasn't wired correctly. That was definitely expensive. Um, so th those are some of the considerations. Well, you know, most of the things you do, you don't want to have to make long term commitments to because you just don't know where you're going to be. Um, it, like, it goes back to like, do I know like have revenue expectations? I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't know where we'd be in a year. We had ideas. You know, you put you put rough ideas out there from like a personnel standpoint. There was goals we had, but it, they weren't revenue related. I think they've been more around people growing the team and then just trusting that we're, we're going to take care of business. And I, I, you know, it's leveraging my strength. I feel like as a sales leader, sales coach, that's my strength. If I have good people, then like, we're going to make things happen. And are you, are you finding yourself now spending more time <clears throat> on uh, basically spending more time on, on production or more time on managing? Whew. I would say, I would say a lot of my time right now is spent making sure that they're just with communication with my team individually and group um, being very transparent. It's a scary time for them. Um, our, you know, production is way down, way down from where it was and we're transitioning and trying to figure out purchase in different angles. And, you know, I just, I'm very open and honest about everything like with them. So they know, 
where they are. <clears throat> like I try to, I, I really want them to be able to share openly about what they're experiencing because I can, I can help their perspective. I, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, listen, it's, it's easy to sit here and, and look at where we are and there, there's a lot of challenge and difficulty and it's easy to be like, Hey, this sucks. And you know, reality, some of it does, <laughs> but there's also a lot of value to the time we're in. Um, you, you, you gain more in times of difficulty. You have much better stories in times of difficulty. You have better memories in times of difficulty. You grow in times of difficulty. When it's easy, it's great. You make good money and things are humming. It's nice. Like that's nice, but you don't learn a lot. Like success isn't like a great learning tool. Struggle is. This is where character is built in these types of times. So trying to keep that type of mentality um, is a big piece. And then the other piece is just like, there's a lot of time working on the business where we're thinking about revamping our website, trying to come up with uh, better funnels to be able to generate leads that people go there. Um, you know, just a bunch of different lead opportunities we're looking at and different things we want to test out. Um, scary for us, you know, it's because it, you're making investments right now in a, in a scary time. But one of the things I learned from, from working at Quicken is that in tough times, you want to try to play offense. It's better to play offense. And, you know, I think I've come to the realization the last couple of months we've been playing defense and rightfully so just based on like just some of the direction. But I think we're starting to load up now to get back into a spot. Where we're going to go play offense again, which is scary. But, you know, I think they're calculated risk and bets are about to take that really should pay off. That sounds awesome. You actually sound excited uh, about actually the the challenges, and that's that's I think that what 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 it, what separates the people that are most successful in this business is that they they look forward to challenges as things uh, as way to, ways to grow. Uh, so so listen, I'm, I'm I want to ask you this: if you could have a conversation, go back to like you know, let's say 2004. If you could talk to, uh, you know, so you were in college in 2004, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you're, you're graduating, you know, with, with this, uh, a bachelor of science in, uh, geography, uh, ge geology, geography, uh, geography. And, you know, you're, you're looking for a job to become a meteorologist. If you could have a conversation with the Jason net back then, tell us what that conversation would be like. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Um, it, I don't even know if it resonates. I, I don't, I, like, I, I think I'm 41. And as I age, I start to realize how much I don't know. And back then, I thought I had it all figured out. I don't know if that would even resonated. <laughs> it, you know, like, I, I think things that are important to me right now, it's like just making investments into yourself, extremely important. Um, taking care of yourself, prioritizing yourself is, is extremely important. I don't even know if I would have known what that meant back then. Um, but like the way I take care of myself and my health, like working out, like standpoint, way, way different than what I did back then. And as a result, any fear or worry of what, what could happen is greatly minimized because like I, I trust myself and I, and I for sure didn't back then. Um, but I don't know if it would even resonate quite frankly. And, and you, what you're saying, like even before this I think it's interesting, like how I have like a, a, a good perspective on this time. Sometimes <laughs> not all the time for sure. 
I mean, there, there's times where like we've, we've frozen in this market, like out of fear and just not taking steps. Um, there, there is, you know, there's some practices I have, I think that helped me that I've added like of recent, like I've been meditating daily, probably for the last couple of years. I think that helps a ton to keep emotions in check and just try to, I don't know, like settle the mind a little bit. It's, it's very easy right now to overly look at like what's happened and be a little bit freaked out or think about what could happen and be freaked out. And like, if I can stay centered and just say, here's, here's the ingredients that we're working with, have like acceptance of, Hey, here's where we are. And here's the steps we're going to take. Then I, then I present myself in a manner where it seems like I have a good mentality. If I get off tilted in either direction, if my ego of sorts uh, starts to worry or concern about my own situation too much, you, you can you, you get yourself off center. So it, it, there, there's, there's a lot of practice, I think, that goes into being this way through this market. It, it takes work. Oh, that's awesome. Jason, any, anything actually you want to say in closing or uh, guidance to potential brokers out there that are right now, uh, you know, considering becoming a, a mortgage broker? I, my business partner and I both like are, we, we both are not the smartest people. We, we, and I think recognizing that in presenting ourselves that way has been instrumental in our ability to grow. And what I mean by that is I, if you just think about you interact with people sometimes and you're like, Hey, you should try to do this. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I know. Like the guy that's like, I know, I know, I know. I got it. Like you're like, okay, cool. Like then what, what are we, what are we talking about here? Versus if you come in humbly and say like, listen, we don't, we, we, we don't know. <laughs> like I, I don't, there's, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a few things I feel I'm extremely good at. I try to leverage those. But for everything else, I try to find people that can assist. And, and I, I would say that's, that's the smartest thing to do. Um, it, I, you know, the, what I do like is this. Most of the relationships we have with vendors and companies and people, like our success is important to their success. Like if, if, if their product or offering doesn't help us be more successful, logically we we why would we continue to use it if it does you end up building good relationships so and i think under understanding and i think that's where if you you have to get out of like just your own thought process like just about you and realize like the you know like just see the bigger picture of things that you have a lot of other people who should be helping guide your success in I think it's been important to us to find the right people and it, the, the, the right people to me are people that like, it's easy for me to talk to. Uh, I'm big on character. Um, and I, I, and I, I guess, you know, there, there'd be confirmation bias on my own uh, advice right here. I, I like to operate with people that kind of come off like humbly. I, I, I don't react well to people who think they have it all figured out, but if we're working together, and we're humble. I, I, I and, and listen, like, and, and I know I'm unique here. So it's just find people that you're comfortable working with that you enjoy having conversations with. Like, I don't want to deal with vendors where I don't like talking to that person. 
like to me, like it, it, that's painful. I'd rather like enjoy speaking with that person, trust their knowledge, but you got to vet that you talk to people and you see, so like vet people see who you have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling about, you know, that seems like they're knowledgeable and that you guys can work well together. And, um, you know, it, I mean, the, listen, the advice is simple <laughs> execution. Sometimes on, on a lot of the stuff that we said today, that, that, that's where it can be challenging, but, um, it, it, I don't, it's, it's a fun journey. And I think if you go in like the, the mentality we had coming in has helped because the mentality coming in was like, Hey, we're going to go make half a million dollars or whatever is financial driven. I think it gets us off course. If the, if some of the motivation is like, listen, like we're going to learn and grow through this process, no matter what. And we have a chance of building something really cool. Then it, I, I don't, I think that's the, it's a better motivation for for building a good business and not and in, in, in looking at probably things not from just a short term like just short term like looking at the bigger picture of like where this could go and being patient because i think patience is an important very important concept um which is tough for like salespeople you know like it, sales like it's supposed to be like this patience like you, you got to be patient and like time has a interesting effect on things in life yeah but when you have that patience and you're you're building things with people you like uh, because you have those relationships. It, it makes it suck a lot less. And when you embrace those challenging times as an opportunity to learn, you know, you're just going to win. You're going to win actually. And it, I love the philosophy you have, Jason. And I, I would really, say this too. One yeah. other thing, surround yourself with people you love. I mean, I spend more time in my business than I do with my wife and two kids. Um, and if I don't love being around these people at this point, it, it we we become clear on that. We, we my business partner and I like we have become very clear. We only want to be around people we love to be around, and like love to be around us. If we're going to spend all this time doing this, it's, it, it it makes it easier to navigate things that can be challenging if you're around people that you love. Fantastic. All right, Jason, and I love your story. I really really appreciate you spending the time with us today, to get, telling us a little bit about your journey uh, to build your mortgage brokerage. Glad to help out. It's good, good times. All right, brother. Thank you so much. When you want to grow, strengthen, and protect your business, Rocket can. Partner with RocketProTPO.com today. Following a similar path to the great urban poet Ice Cube, Jason comes from humble beginnings, got a few triple doubles leads at basketball games, prospecting opportunities, picked up the cash flow revenue to make it a good day or launch good day financial as applies here. I realize that reference only makes sense to the few of us that know ice cubes. It was a good day lyric, but that's the beauty of being a broker. You make the rules. You can imprint your personal brand and style as you see fit for your market. That's it for this episode of Build a Broker, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by T.G. Putam Perar and Matt Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. Opening theme is Adrenaline by Balloon Planet. And the music you're hearing now is Sharp Thin Blade by Francesco D'Andrea. Be sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Help inspire other future brokers by sharing this episode and leaving your reviews. Join us in person at a Build a Broker event near you. These half-day events help you open, operate, and grow your mortgage brokerage with confidence. Learn more at nmplink.com slash B-A-B.